15 minutes past 9 o'clock. I hope you've been keeping warm this weekend, warm and safe. People who haven't and who have been exposed to the elements are, of course, this at least homeless community. Uh, last week on our show, we had Gulam calling. Gulam is a homeless person in observatory. Gulam says that the city came and instructed that uh, a temporary shelter, a temporary tent be torn down, be taken down. On the village green in uh, in observatory, the people who set it up, they're part of the uh, observatory community action group. They say that it was only a temporary structure, was only supposed to see those uh, few dozen homeless people see through the last three days of heavy rain and then they would take it down. Um, they claim the city's law enforcement issued them an instruction to dismantle the tent because it did not have council permission. We want to get a uh, right of reply to uh, the City of Cape Town Mayoral Committee member for Community Safety and Health, Councillor Zahid Badruddin. Zahid, thanks so much for joining us. No problem, Lester. Good evening to you and your listeners. You've had a very busy day this morning on with uh, Africa Milani and your end of your <laughs> evening with Lester Kivet on Cape Talk. <laughs> yes, uh, very, very different topics as well. <laughs> now, Zahid, the issues of homeless community has been quite prominent in the city of Cape Town over mm. the last few weeks, whether it be the Strandfontein temporary safety site, whether it be issues of observatory. I saw you on ENCA last night talking about uh, issues of the homeless in, mm. in Cape Town. Firstly, I'd like to give you a right of reply. What is the reasoning for that? What has been declared a temporary shelter being taken down in observatory, which would have given homeless people there some relief over, you know, for at least those three days of heavy rain? Yes, thank you very much, Lester. Um, I think it's important here to recognize that at around the 7th of May, um, I had been in engagements with the observatory CAN uh, in terms of the shelters that are needed in that specific community, but also at that time uh, being asked whether or not a tent uh, would be allowed to be erected on the village greens uh, in observatory. And I had indicated to them uh, via email that uh, it's not ideal uh, to erect a tent on, on, on the village green when the city has a very active street people unit as well as emergency beds in a number of shelters across the city that our unit would be able to help those individuals into. And so you must have seen some of the images um, of the stretch tent where in actual fact the cover from, from the elements wouldn't have been uh, ideal with the wind and the rain that we had uh, over the past few days. And for me, what the better option would have been would have been to help those individuals into a shelter where they're able to access shower, beds, food uh, for a longer duration of time should they need that. And so that's what I had um, conveyed to the CAN very early on um, and also in consultation and conversation with the chairperson uh, the day before uh, or even on the same day of the tent being erected where I said that our street unit can come out, uh, can engage with the homeless people to try and take them uh, into the into the shelters that, that we run uh, or that we work with in partnership with the private entities. Um, and in, in the words or the, the information that had come back from the chairperson indicated that some of the homeless people were open to the idea, but some of them would not necessarily uh, have been open to the idea at that stage. 
which was all good and well. Um, and even the next day, after, after those rains and after the tents had come down, uh, we sent the, the street people unit out to engage uh, with the homeless people there to offer them assistance, even into our safe spaces, uh, the one that's been open now for about a month uh, in Paolo area, also in, in the CBD where we've got our expansion, just so that there is some cover food and, and um, you know, access to ablutions for the night beyond just the tent. Um, and then unfortunately, it seems that even after our interventions, uh, our offers of social assistance, only about four individuals had taken up that, that instant, that, those offers. But I do know that there are a lot of uh, reservations, particularly in our homeless community, where there's a preference to remain uh, in, in the communities that they've come from. And so what we're doing uh, as a city is to identify more safe spaces um, across the city, looking at our infrastructure, uh, the buildings and other facilities that we have uh, on, on the asset register and, and identify what would be, um, what would be convenient uh, to be able to renovate and then to work with existing partners, whether they are cans, whether, whether they are shelter organizations, to say, here's a facility, um, you are, why not work together with the city, manage the space, uh, and, and, you know, uh, deliver some of the services that cans or service providers are already offering. And so I'm hoping to close the gap. Uh, recognizing the very urgent need for us to do so, not because of the weather, but as a result of COVID causing more and more people uh, to find themselves on the street. So there's an urgency to this step uh, that we're working uh, in terms of, of, of where we find ourselves at the moment. Now, Zaid, with, with the many homeless people, part of us, of our community, who I've spoken to, they say... The main reason why they don't want to go to shelters is more than likely they are in partnerships and they, they'll be separated from their partners. Uh, yeah. There's obviously strict rules in terms of when light should be out, when you should be socializing. Also, many of them are substance dependent and they would need those substance or substance replacement, you know, to get them through the day or get them through the night. And many of these shelters, they say, do not allow this. So how do you create a space where firstly a husband, a wife or partners can spend time together, sleep next to each other in a sheltered environment and also a place for them, you know, to, to, to use their substances, which they are so dependent on. Yeah. And that's such an important point. Um, and it speaks to changing approach uh, that the city has in terms of how we work with our homeless people. And I think the important point here to make is that to address homelessness is more than just providing shelter. We've got to be able to assist in the rehabilitative space, the psychosocial space, and the other spaces as well uh, that all contribute to a number of factors that may have caused an individual to find themselves on the street. And so our safe space model, which essentially is a pre-shelter type model, sees exactly that being applied in partnership uh, with, with organizations that deliver such services. Our first safe space in the CBD that we opened up in 2018 uh, is connected to our matrix facilities where those individuals access those 
rehabilitative services, but we also work very closely with civic organizations in that particular area where we help individuals to be connected to IDs and then so too to opportunities, jobs, and then hopefully sustainable exit from homelessness because there's a sustainable sustainable income. And so there's a supportive model that we're rolling out that we see working well, uh, at our Balville Pain City safe space that's about a month old at the moment where uh, substance use disorder organizations have come on board um, and, and we've been working very well to support uh, those individuals who require those uh, services to, to come clean from drugs and then to be connected to EPWP opportunities, upskilling opportunities. But we know also very well that the city cannot do this on, on its own. Like, to every single official that I've worked with in this space. And so we must extend our, our hand in partnership with those organizations who do this work already in the space, but only need support in terms of resources, whether it's financial, whether it's infrastructural support, to be able to do their work. And so in that regard, with the, with the adjustment budget that the city had uh, voted on not too long ago, uh, we, had contrib- we had set aside about 20 million rand uh, to be uh, contributed to shelter organizations, uh, pride shelter, number of uh, shelters that, re- that look after victims of gender-based violence and other adult shelters, but also service providers um, and, uh, such as Haven Night Shelter, U-Turn, uh, Streetscapes, Project Kulisa, that are doing phenomenal work in the space. And so we're, we're replicating that in our new budget where we've contributed almost double the amount so that we can continue to work uh, with organizations uh, to close that gap. Um, and so I'm hoping that this change in approach will move from only shelters to shelter plus services that can support a homeless individual uh, will help us to at least close the gap in, some, in terms of needs that our homeless community has. But essentially, again, going back to where we started the conversation, to ensure that those homeless individuals can access those opportunities is very important mm-hmm. and those opportunities are found in shelters whether the safe spaces run by the city or the safe spaces that are or rather the shelters that are supported by the city and these are existing long long-serving shelters um, across the metro Zaid, as as a mayoral committee member as, as a city councillor and a member of the city government a, a representative of the Mayor Dan Plato, are you concerned about at least the perception that is held out there, by, not by all, let's say by many, that the mm. city is uncaring, that the city mm. is rather more concerned with the breaking of laws than the broken spirits of, of poor and homeless people? That's what I've heard people say. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that there is a difference and there is a gap sometimes between the great mm. policy on paper and mm. the implementation of, of mm. how that comes across. Is, is this a concern yeah. for you personally as a, not only as a, as a medical doctor by profession yourself, mm. but also as, mm. a, as a representative of the public in the city government? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, social media is very honest and very vocal uh, in terms of people's thoughts and feelings and uh, the city being accused of being anti-caring, anti-poor, anti-homeless for the past few days. And uh, it would have, you know, been sparked again as a result of the incident in Observatory and Hanburg and a number of different issues. And I think coming back to 
just being a human being, um, I recognize that the, there's a, a growing need uh, where our vulnerable community that in itself is growing requires more assistance. And whilst there's the perception that the city uh, is anti-poor and anti-caring and, and anti of our vulnerable communities, um, it's, it's so important in some way or the other to recognize that these concerns are real. But then me as, as someone who sits in this position to, to keep asking, how can I address these concerns? And so the one way that I believe uh, that's would be uh, would be addressed is by making the circle bigger uh, to use that phrase um, to bring in more individuals who can work collaboratively in that space who can assist uh, in a caring way and hopefully amplify the work that is being done and I, I, I genuinely believe that it's not something that the city can do on its own and so working with people is so important and this narrative being anti-poor, anti-caring um, is, is, is of a concern to me uh, as a politician in the city but I also know that there's been a responsibility to continue the work that we're doing in this space from a humanistic element to recognize the real human needs of our vulnerable communities in the city uh, and then to work with partners so that we can address those needs regardless of what is being said uh, in the social media space and I hope that over time um, the not only social media space but the public discourse will slowly start to see that there is a genuine effort being made, um, not for votes, not for anything else, except uh, to make sure that people have a roof over their head, food, over their head, food in their stomachs, and are able to, to access opportunities that, that allow them to live a dignified life. And I'm so committed to driving this agenda in the social development space, and I always appeal to any resident, any partner to, to reach out. If we don't reach out to them, and say this is how we can help because the helping in this space I think is so important. A collaborative approach is how we're going to close uh, this gap in terms of addressing the needs of this vulnerable community in terms of homelessness specifically. It's the 14th of June. Winter in Cape Town goes on till the end of September. What is then the plan for the thousands of people who call the streets of Cape Town, the small little gaps, the small little areas of shelter home? What is the plan Mm -hmm. to try and assist them? So our extended Coulomberg uh, safe space is going to be opened uh, at the end of the month. Uh, they will bring in uh, an additional 300 or so beds uh, into into the, the much-needed bed space in the city. But because it's a city-run facility, we also will be able to introduce the other programs that I've mentioned a little while ago. Uh, but at the same time, the city where there is existing shelters is in the process of erecting prefabs um, so that uh, should a shelter have city land next door, a prefab uh, that we're erecting will be able to connect to that facility and introduce more beds uh, into our communities. This is being done in areas like Kingsington, Weinberg, District 6, uh, Retreat, and a number of other areas across the, across, uh, the city. Um, and at the same time, that safe space model uh, that I've spoken about can be activated very quickly because what we're doing 
is to implement a prefab model which can be erected very quickly uh, but we move from one to the other so as soon as we complete complete with the erecting of um, the prefabs at shelters and the opening of the Coulombard expansion then we move on to the rollout of the safe space and interestingly it's a conversation that uh, the Minister of Social Development and myself are still to have tonight she's already messaged to say that we need to speak about how we're going to close this gap um, and I'm, I'm, I'm confident that there's a commitment uh, from province to work with us um, to, to close the shelter space uh, and the support space that we're uh, going to be introducing in, into the city. Zahid Badruddin, he's the mayoral committee member for community safety and health, always forthcoming with uh, an opportunity to give his point of view here on air. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the contribution.